This is the world of Raw Podcast. And now your host, standing at 6'4", 225 pounds, from Alice, Texas, Roel Santos. Hey, hey guys, how you doing? I hope you're relaxed, I hope you're having a good time, I hope you're ready for Easter weekend. We're going to do something a little bit different this week on the World of Row. Um, normally I would have a guest on the show, but this week I don't have one because I, for one, I, I kind of took I, I took the last couple of weeks off and I wanted to give you guys a little bit something of what I'm working on. Now, a few weeks ago, I, I brought up the, uh, the podcast that I'm doing with uh, Heel Face Wrestling called Running the Ropes. And I'm going to play one of those for you. I just dropped episode two this past Monday. And I got to tell you guys, uh, from, from a personal standpoint, this is something that I'm really, really proud of. I'm really excited to be part of, of Heel Face Radio. So I'm glad that Jeff took a, took a shining to me, I guess, <laughs> and to, to give me the opportunity to speak on his, on his platform, talking wrestling. And he, you know, just to kind of give you a backstory. You guys already know, we, I've been a wrestling fan for years, and I met Jeff when we did the Great San Antonio Bash. To, uh, he was doing it for his show, and I was doing it for mine, and I met up with the guys from there. And then we, we wanted to do a podcast, and we finally hooked up in, the, you know, in February to do the show. And when we did the podcast, I told him, I said, hey, man, the show's doing really well. Uh, the episode dropped. It's, it's making a lot of traction. And he said, man, you, we just, he was telling me about like an event that they got to go to and how he met some of these people. And he's like, hey man, you got to get in this network. You got to get in, you got to get in with these people, man. You need to come to the shows. And I said, you know what? I want to go to the shows. I mean, it's a little off, you know, sometimes I can't go. And it's kind of harder for me to, to get out there. And I said, well, you know what you should do? You should do a podcast for Hill Face. Like, what do you mean? Like, what kind of podcast? Just the one, like, kind of like what you're doing right now. Or maybe interview somebody or maybe tell stories or, or maybe I thought it was telling stories. And I immediately thought, like, holy shit, this is, like, my opportunity to do something a little different and kind of step away. And I was just like, hell yeah. So we were, you know, and after that, I kind of bombarded him with text and ideas of what I wanted to do with the show. And he was just like, yeah, yeah, that's great. That's great. We came up with the title together and just I'm just really glad to be a part of it and this is something that I'm looking forward to doing because like I said it hopefully gives me more opportunities and I'm just thrilled to be a part I'm just thrilled I'm excited and you know Ricardo touched on it touched on it when he was on the show saying that that's your calling that's your passion I think this is where you're gonna where you're gonna hit the hit your stride and my buddy Aaron said the same thing when I met him and when I met up with him a few weeks ago and when we talked and texted and you know he kind of said that you should just go after it and, and that's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to do and I'm happy that that it's finally gone, that, that it's here and we've done two episodes. I did a pilot episode but I'm going to play for you episode two. Like I said I dropped it this week and I even um, I shared it on Facebook and on Twitter. I'm going to go ahead and share it one more time and I'm going to put it on this feed because those of you who don't have Heel Face on your feed, which I think you should really, really take a listen to it. If you love wrestling and you love, they've got, 
a great group of people and I'm really happy to be a part of it. They put together amazing shows. They give their analysis and breakdown of shows. And then Sammy Guevara has his own podcast on there, has his own little show, and that's that's great too. So I'm just I'm just thrilled to be part of it and I'm gonna enjoy the ride. So this episode is like I said, it's episode two, and the podcast is called Running the Ropes, and it's on their feed. So I don't have my own little feed for that. You just have to go to Kill Face Wrestling to um, uh, to be able to listen to the to the show. So here's episode two, where I talk about the Texas Tornado, Harry Bonner. Enjoy, guys. This is Running the Ropes Podcast, a wrestling podcast. It features stories, conversations with like-minded fans, and people involved in the world of wrestling. I am your host. My name is Roel Santos. I'm a podcaster, and I'm a big wrestling fan. And welcome to my podcast. I give this to you Give this to you every single... Uh, well, I give this show to you every other Monday. Part of the Heel Face Wrestling Network, and I'm happy to be here, and I'm happy that you're here. So if you can, take the time to listen to all our podcasts, and I hope you enjoy the show. What? Do you recognize that theme music? If you don't recognize that theme music, I'll clue you in. That theme music belonged to the Texas Tornado, Kerry Von Erich. And some of you may not remember Kerry Von Erich, and many of you may. He wrestled for WCCW, which was a Texas promotion that was started up a long, long time ago, back at the, the memorable days at the Dallas Sportatorium. His father then became the, the main promoter over time. But Kerry Von Erich was a wrestler that no one had ever seen before. A very, very loved and talented wrestler. Now, a lot of people don't know this about Kerry Von Erich, but he was probably one of the most popular Von Erichs in the family. Even more popular than his dad, Fritz. And his dad, Fritz was not only the promoter, like I mentioned, for WCCW, but he was also one of the biggest wrestlers to ever come out of Texas. Now, if you have seen it, there is a documentary on the WWE Network that you can check out, and it's called The Triumph and Tragedy of WCCW. And it's actually a great, great documentary. And my connection to the Von Erics is, is pretty, is pretty uh, well... Not well documented because I didn't know them personally. Although Kevin Von Erich actually follows me on Twitter, which is kind of cool, and we're, we've talked before. But I was a big fan of Kerry Von Erich, and Kerry Von Erich was was one of the, like I've said, one of the biggest talents to ever come out of WCCW. Now, a lot of people don't know this, but when he started out, he didn't get he didn't want to get into he didn't get into wrestling right away. He was more of a, uh, you know, he was a, a very well. Um, very talented athlete actually he was in football he ran track he he did the he threw the discus he was actually almost an alternate i believe for like the 80 olympic games it didn't go well so it fell through and he decided to pursue in his father his father's footsteps and and his brothers into the world of professional wrestling now Kerry von Erich was the second or third third oldest actually in the von Erich family and when he came into the business, it was kind of like, you know what, well, if I can spend time with my brothers, I'm going to do this wrestling thing. And he actually turned out to be a very talented wrestler. 
he did so many great things. He 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 was mainly known for just the the physique. Have you ever seen this? I mean, if you if you haven't seen who he is or ever saw him wrestle, he had one of the most amazing physiques. I mean, this guy was like when you saw him on the screen, you felt like he was a genuine like a genuine nice guy. He just gave you some he gave you his true self. I don't think there was any character involved in that. I don't think he really had to do anything to really get himself over. Now, during the course of his WCCW run, he had many, many feuds. And one of the most popular feuds to date with WCCW was always the Von Erichs versus the Freebirds. Now, they had six-man tags. They had tags. They had singles matches and even getting Fritz involved. And they had these amazing shows at the Dallas, Dallas Reunion Arena where the Dallas Mavericks used to play. They'd have these big Star Wars cards is what they would call them. And they set up this amazing feud because back in the day, the Fabulous Freebirds were actually baby faces. And during this time, they were good friends with the Von Eriks storyline-wise. And then out of nowhere, they just kind of betrayed them, backstabbed them, and then thus began this big feud that really drew a lot of business for WCCW. Now, over the course of time, it changed drastically because... Like any other sport, or back in the 80s when you had, you know, things going on, steroids was a big problem. And, I mean, not to say that they were all taking steroids, but it was around. And not only that, there was drugs. Things kind of escalated. And the tragedy part was, I mean, and of course over the, I mean, there was a lot of triumph for WCCW and the Von Erichs. And Kerry Von Erich being the most, one of the most successful ones at that. And one of the... The, tri- the tragedies was death in the family. During this uh, hot feud that they had going on with the, the Freebirds, uh, the older brother, uh, David Von Erich, he had like a, his stomach ruptured and he died very tragically. It was kind of like he had been complaining of feeling sick, but then just like out of nowhere, it just the first big, um, you know, tragedy in the world of that WCCW wrestling was he passed away and he died suddenly. And around that same time, the NWA, because back then you have to remember everything was territory. Uh, You had AWA, WCCW, WCW. You had territories in Florida, Florida championship wrestling, Georgia championship wrestling. You had uh, Hollywood wrestling in Florida and California. And then WWE was still was nationalizing at the time, but everybody, the other companies aside from WWE and AWA, they all were in conjunction with the NWA. So they all they would vote. So if you didn't know that, uh, the board of directors for the NWA, there was like a three man team, I believe it was. If I'm wrong, you can let me know. But always they would vote. They would decide. Okay, well, who's going to get the belt? Is it your guy or my guy, or or how are we going to do this? So the the actual thing was. David Von Erich and Ric Flair had been feuding for a couple of months prior, and Ric Flair was the NWA champion at the time. So when when his uh, when the death of David happened, the next person in line that they felt would be a good a good person to push behind that behind that main event with Ric Flair was Kerry Von Erich. And as unfortunate as it was, it took the death of his brother for Kerry to get this opportunity. And trust me, by that, by that time, Kerry was already a main event player. He was a major player. 
He was he was the biggest one of the biggest draws in WCCW, and he gets this main event match. So he has this match with Ric Flair, and you guys can see all this. It's a, it's an amazing documentary on the WWE Network. But him and Ric Flair have this have this match at Texas Stadium, and and Kevin and Kerry Von Erich wins the the NWA World Title, beats Ric Flair, and I think the funny thing was is that. Uh, he won with like a backslide. <laughs> he uses one of those matches like, well, how's this match going to go? How's he going to play out? You know, what, what's going to happen? He wins with a backslide. But back then, those were kind of like the things. I think it was like a, it's, it's a match where you're, you're, getting, you're going back and forth and maybe Kerry Von Erich wasn't the most technically sound wrestler. But back then, if you had a match with Ric Flair, Ric Flair could make a broomstick look awesome. So they had this amazing match and he wins with this backslide. You know, back then, You'd have people winning with small packages and sunset flips and things like that, just kind of catching their opponent out of nowhere. And I think that's what that match was all about. Now, this was supposed to be like the moment for Kerry Von Erich, and it was going to propel WCCW into bigger and greater things. And Fritz, you know, he's he wins the belt, and he dedicates the title one to David. And, you know, his dad's out there, and he's talking about how that was the belt he never was able to get. And now that Kerry's done it he did it for his brother it was just one of this was supposed to be this big major event the problem was is that it didn't happen it didn't go the way they expected Kerry lacked the dedication that Ric Flair had I think I think they soon realized that Kerry Von Erich had other priorities on his mind and then out of nowhere just three three weeks later he drops a bell back to Ric Flair and then Thus ended Kerry Von Erich's NWA push. He goes back into this um, into this uh, feud with the Fabulous Freebirds, and that continued on for another couple of years. And then at the same time, you know, there's there's more tragedy in, in the Von Erich family. Uh, the The tragedy was the, uh, the his other brother, Mike Von Erich, you know, killed himself. Now. You had the tragedy of his older brother when he died, stomach ruptured, right? And then now the tragedy of his brother, Mike Von Erich. And that was, you know, that, that, that hit home with Kerry. You know, Kerry started, you know, started to feel really down and out, depressed, you know, and, and, and he, started, he started taking things to kind of help him with, with that, coping, you know. He was already, he was, I mean, painkillers, cocaine, you know, drugs, Addiction to painkillers. I think I already said painkillers, but you get the idea. He 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 started developing these bad habits, and I think that that kind of caused a ripple effect for him in getting pushed back into the NWA main event. And then as time goes by, either, again WCCW. This is again we're talking mid to late eighties now, and it's it's kind of floundering a little bit because WWE has gone national. They've uh, they're just kind of taking over the world and and Fred and Fritz trying to help you know the company tries to get back in these six man tags because at this point you've already had you know two deaths in the family and then we have another situation come up where you know he feels like he has to he has to help out and you know he fakes a heart attack on live television, and I mean, I, and the reason why I'm saying all this is because it's more it's it's more about the Von Erichs. I mean, it, it's it's it all co- comes into what what we're getting at here because we're talking about we're talking about Kerry Von Erich, and like I've said, I was a big Kerry Von Erich guy growing up. 
man, this guy was larger than life. I thought he was going to be like the major player. Everybody in Texas loves him. You know, everybody loved him in Texas. Man, my my dad knew who who Kerry Von Erich was, and my dad watched wrestling back in the day with Pedro Morales and Wahoo McDaniel and Jose Jose Lothario. But then when you when you find out like, hey, this my dad knows him. He's got to be really good. And I was such a major fan. And then by now, when we're in the late 80s, you're doing these super clash pay-per-views. And Kerry Von Erich works his way back into the main event. But along the way, there's, there's, something, there's something that a lot of people don't know about, about Kerry. And one of those was he was handicapped. Yeah, Kerry Von Erich was in a major motorcycle accident. And then just he, he, he broke his ankle, right? He breaks his ankle in this, in this accident. And while he's rehabbing or resting his his ankle, he's trying to he he tries to he takes the cast off and he tries to walk on it because I believe he was trying to put himself in a situation to where he could go back to wrestling and and uh, working for for his dad again. So what happens is is this guy Kerry walk, walks and he breaks his ankle again. By then the doctors realized that they couldn't fuse fuse it together. They couldn't. So what happened was, is he ended up ap- having to amputate. So Kerry Von Erich had his foot amputated. If you guys remember, I mean, if you guys watch and see some of his matches, and those of you who are wrestling fans and historians alike, if you go back and watch some of his earlier stuff, he's got his regular wrestling boots on, and then out of nowhere, he starts wearing boots with these little tassels or strings on the on the boot. If you ever pay attention really, really close. You can see that one of the boots looks abnormally different than the other, and that being because he was ampu- he was an amputee, he had an amputated foot, and nobody knew. He kept it a secret for years, years. He just kept going. He kept going. By the time that he reached uh, the Super Clash Three, when he had his match with Jerry Lawler, which was a very very brutal brutal and bloody match. If you guys have the time to see it, I highly recommend you go out and uh, look it up on YouTube or maybe if you have you have the WWE Network, check it out because it is a very, very weird match because of the blood. And, and I mean, he must have thrown maybe 10 or 11 discus punches, you know. Before before Kerry had his car accident, I mean, his, his motorcycle accident, he probably had one of the best drop kicks I had ever seen. I mean, there's so many good drop kicks, right? Do you remember Flying Brian Pillman's? Randy Orton's got an amazing drop kick. Rocky Johnson, but Kerry Von Erich had one heck of a drop kick. So after that, obviously, it limited his mobility. So he had to kind of change his style. So he started doing the trademark claw, right? Everyone knows what the claw is from the Von Erichs. They were the they were kind of like the the guys behind the claw, or one of them anyway. And then he would do his discus punch discus punch which was obviously homage to his uh his track and field days when he was a discus thrower and he would do the discus punch which was really cool i i thought that was that was a cool move but you know as a kid now it's a little different i don't know if i would say hey man let's do a i'm gonna do the discus punch maybe um maybe that would uh (laughs) i don't know i mean there's different but again we're in a we're in a modern world where moves are just crazy amazing now so then after all this AWA stuff. At this point, WCCW is already owned by the Jarrett's. 
It's kind of changing paths, changing direction. Fritz has kind of slowly taken himself out of it, retired, slowing down. There was really nothing left for Kerry to accomplish at WCCW and working with AWA. So it, it made sense, right? It, it totally made sense for him to take the next step. And the next step was for him to go to WWF. So Kerry debuts in WWF in 19, I think it was 1990. I remember as a kid seeing him on television. I was like, yes, Kerry Von Erich's here. Oh, my gosh. You know, I like a, like a nine-year-old, the eight- or nine-year-old I was, I totally marked out for it. I was so excited. And when he was in WWF, had some great great feuds. You know, he had he had his he had the most notable one, of course, was the one with Mr. Perfect. So him and Mr. Perfect had, you know, back then you'd have eight month long feuds because you have to remember pay per views they had maybe four a year, and the four major ones, right? So the Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, SummerSlam, and Survivor Series. And their feud culminated in in Texas Tornado winning the Intercontinental Belt from Mr. Perfect, who was on an amazing push from winning the IC Belt from Tito Santana. But that's another story. We could talk about that some other time. But had an amazing, amazing program with with Mr. Perfect. After he loses the IC Belt, he kind of just hangs around. You know, he... One of the coolest thing was is that he was part of the on the Survivor Series when they used to do those uh, team matches. Remember that the Warriors? He was the Warriors with Ultimate Warrior, and and the Road Warriors or Legion of Doom, and they put they he was part of that group. And if you remember back in the day, he was originally the modern day Warrior was his his former name. And then of course the time kind of trickled away, and all of a sudden. Kerry found himself as just an enhancement talent, basically putting people over. But he was, you know, above. He was a above mid card person, you know, enhancing. You know, just enhancement talent, just kind of not scraping by, but just hanging around. Unfortunately, so by 1992 he leaves WWE and he goes back to the independent circuit. Starts working independent shows. He goes back to he works a little bit at WCCW again or USWA at this point. And Kerry by 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 this time Kerry had already had a family. He had, you know, he had his daughter, and he was going through a divorce. And his daughter, which by the way became Lacey Von Erich and wrestled for TNA for a couple of years, at this point, Kerry is has reached a, a different. Um, has reached has reached a different state of mind. He's already he like at this point uh, he's lost all his you know all his brothers had had passed with the exception of Kevin, and he longed for his brothers. I remember reading Bret Hart's book, and he talks about hanging out with Kerry Von Erich because Kerry Von Erich was a really well respected talent amongst the WWE guys, and Bret talks talks about how Kerry had already had these ideas of doing different things in his life, whether, you know, being, um, you know, his taking himself out of the equation, basically killing himself, wanting to commit suicide because he wanted to be with his other brothers. He would say that there, he wants to be in that special place with them. And, you know, he, he didn't, 
he was miserable. He missed his brothers. So as time time goes by again, he's working the independent scene. He had been separated, right? He was going through a divorce with his, for, with her, you know, and um, he tried to make amends with his wife because he wanted his, he longed for his daughter and his wife, family. He wanted his family. And during this time, he actually got arrested for uh, false false prescriptions of, of painkillers and he was actually going to do you know actual you know real like real time you know prison and he he tried to make amends with his family but they didn't want to have anything to do with him and unfortunately it this led to a very dark path for Carrie so once this happened a few, uh, just a few short months later, I believe, maybe less. Carrie was at his dad's house and said, "Hey, Dad, I'm gonna take your gun out for target practice. You know, go shoot, just go shoot around, check it. You know, check if the gun's working. Then, you know, after that, we'll go have dinner." He says. And so Fritz, you know, yeah, okay, go ahead. Well, what he didn't know was Carrie had different different plans. So Carrie goes out, takes the gun that he, he that he borrowed from his dad, and just uh, put the gun to his chest and ended his life. And it was a very sad day for that when that moment happened because the whole world, you know, I think the whole it it, it really it really drew a lot of um, they received a lot of mainstream attention. Carrie von Eric was all over the news, CNN. I mean, they, they even did a, an episode of hard copy talking with Fritz. And the p- poor guy was so devastated when they were doing this interview, he had to stop talking several times throughout the, throughout the show. Because at this point, he had already lost four sons. Right? He lost four sons. And I think the biggest shock of them all was when Carrie decided to end his life. Because I don't think they had any clue what was going on. But people people mourned the loss of Carrie Von Eric, especially down in Texas. People were mortified that this happened so unexpectedly. But Carrie Von Eric will always be remembered as being one of the most loved and most popular Von Eric in the wrestling family of you know the Von Erics. It's a very sad moment for them because, you know, Kevin, I remember watching a documentary and Kevin Von Erich saying, you know, I'm not even a, I don't, I'm, I, I used to have all these brothers. I'm not even a brother anymore. And this, the pain and sadness in the look of Kevin's eyes when he's talking, you can just tell that it's just, it's taken so much out of him. As years go by, WWE has started started their Hall of Fame and in 2007 actually no 2010 2010 my bad they commemorated the Von Erichs by inducting them into the WWE Hall of Fame and who was the induct the inductor the inductor was none other than Michael PS Hayes from the Fabulous Freebirds and he gave such a very warm special speech 
about the Von Erich family. And when Kevin Von Erich came out to accept the award on behalf of his father and his brothers and the entire Von Erich family, it really put peace and happiness into Kevin's eyes, knowing that, hey, we're in the Hall of Fame We've done we've we've done we've done everything we could you know, people will remember us. They remember us in a positive light in this wrestling business. And we will. Especially especially myself, like I said. Kevin Von Erich was one of I mean Kevin. Kerry Von Erich was one of my favorite wrestlers growing up. And having the opportunity to actually see him wrestle back in nineteen ninety in Corpus Christi was a cool moment for me. And that, it was my first wrestling show. And I mentioned that, right? I, I mentioned that in the first podcast where I where I said my first wrestling show, I got to see the Ultimate Warrior and Kerry Von Eric, Ravishing Rick Rude, Mr. Perfect, all in the same match. It was it was a lot of fun for me and it was a, it was nice. It was just a nice experience like I he was one of my favorite wrestlers. I I really wish I could go back and um and I mean, we we can all go back and watch watch his match, watch his matches. But always remember, guys, there was never a discus punch until Kerry Von Erich came out with the discus punch. That's the show for this week, guys. I hope that you enjoyed it. Please take the time to follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Roel Santos Jr. Also, follow Heel Face Wrestling at Heel Face Wrestling on Twitter and Instagram. Check out the Facebook page at. Facebook.com slash Wrestling, And go to HillFaceWrestling.com for all your independent wrestling show needs. April is going to be a busy month for Texas. We've got so many shows coming through. If, we're, if any wrestling shows are in your area, stop and check it out. we got them all over on HillFaceWrestling.com. And this has been the Running the Ropes Wrestling Podcast, guys. Thanks for listening and stay tuned.